race is on in earnest though at the 650 and final authority driving right up on the inside for Johnston Porter got to the lead narrowly from New Hadji they're going quickly and they've paired off in front they're going stride for stride this duo they're two and a half to three clear from Love Drunk Baby having to be stoked up to stay on the bridle in the hunt after these two leaders who are going at it coming around the home turn they brush together it's New Had final authority on the inside two lengths away the roughy guarded makes ground Love Drunk Baby is starting to build and so's Katona coming through New Had in front Katona's about to pounce upon it though Katona Katona sprints up grabs the lead and Katona draws away from New Had who goes down bravely won't be hello and welcome to the one one I am BJ Ryan episode 116 sponsored by Betfair don't bet harder bet smarter at Betfair it's a remote zoom edition of the one one and uh all I can see on my computer screen is the Perth Racing Guru. G'day, Guru. What a pleasure that is for you, I could only imagine, Bernard. <laughs> Actually, I, can, I think I've got Dig Deep in the background as well. Yeah, like the champs on the wall. Yeah, yeah, nearly, a, yeah. nearly a picture next to him from yesterday as well, BJ. Let's start there, eh? Yeah, 100%. That's all I want to talk about, to be honest with you. How, was your, how are you feeling going into the race? How was the... Well, of, I felt nervous. Of course, we're, uh, we're t- uh, as the, the lead in... The dulcet tones from Darren McCauley suggests first cab off the rank. First talking point on episode 116 is new hat brave. Yeah, very nervous. It's always always hard after you uh, you go to the races first up, run 15 lengths last. Have to try. Don't know to, if I'd use the word run. <laughs> have to try to explain to some people uh, what happened, and then um, you know, obviously, we uh, have tremendous faith in. Luke Fernie and he's uh, and he's um, got the stable firing, so he um, he was quite confident that she would rebound at Ascot yesterday. But it was just good to see it. It was good to see her compete, try hard, and uh, yeah, I think we were a bit stiff, Guru. Jeez, I yeah, I reckon um, calling a stiff would be an understatement, wouldn't it, BJ? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. I think if, she, if, we, just... if we cross and find the fence, I think it's race over. If, if Clint isn't that uh, perturbed, it was funny actually in the little because I sent out my personal notes to all the owners. Hopefully they got them. And I actually said, I, I don't think they'll be too keen on sitting if we do cross final authority because it's a bit of a headstrong colt. And that was probably their exact mindset, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It would have been nice if we could have just uh, z- zipped zipped across final authority. But We should have been looking uh, at if we If we cross final authority, we should have been looking at margin betting. She, yeah. she, they, yeah. they might not have entered the straight by the time she finished, I reckon. <laughs> CJP has ridden over 100 winners this year in Johnson oh, Porter. He could, have, he could have let us have one. He could have. Like, yeah. seriously. He could have. Seriously. Apparently, just see uh, on your little tweet <coughs> last night um, on the tweet, the podcast accounts a tweet, sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, Kimmy Doak, who's a big supporter of LK Fernie, somebody must have given him a clip. I thought it was talking about us. I thought, hang on, the post yeah. experts, but no. Apparently, someone, someone, um, I don't know if they're part of the ownership group or not, but uh, someone's popped over the fence and given him a bit of a spray at Pinjarra after uh, her failure first up down the chute. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say um, that was a very well aimed spray at a horse coming back from injury with a hard run race. So, uh, yeah, it's very good job, great job, Luke uh, LK Fernie has done. BJ, uh, to get her back and, um, geez, if we can keep her happy, there is uh, – I, I reckon there's a couple of wins in her. Tactical speed, she's only a class one. Philly, oh, exciting, BJ. It is exciting. It is exciting. It was just great to see her uh, 
despite the challenges that she faced in running, basically cutting throats with final authority who finished where, Terry? Oh, hasn't, uh, hasn't, hasn't, hasn't finished yet, yeah. <laughs> Hasn't finished. And uh, for her to still fight on and finish second, very encouraging for all the ownership. And, um, yeah, just on that tweet from Kim Dope, when experts were in inverted commas, I knew that wasn't us, Guru, you know. So, uh. <laughs> uh, dearie, mate. Also, just a little plug to the champion. This is a, this is completely a, a selfish play. How about Yemen Lass on Sunday? Like, I want to yeah. talk about the other great mare in two seconds, but let's talk about the yeah. the main filly for the day, Yemen Lass, and the lads up and about. Tell you what, uh, yeah, we were uh, we were a very happy bunch of owners uh, after that one. The group chat was going wild. Um, You're having a good run, mate. You're having a good. So in in Yemen, you've got uh, Jared Heisman and yep. Luke Finney. Is there anyone anyone else I've missed part of your yeah, crew? Yeah, Luke Satori. Uh, I don't know if you've met Chucky yet, uh, but Chucky's yep. in there. James Gallo. I don't know if you've met Gallo either. I was at uh, at a wedding with him uh, not long ago. Um, oh, Cono and Breadbags. That's our syndicate horse. The one that started at fifty bucks. It's now. A healthy five figures. That was um, that's one of the greatest stories of all time, which I'm shared a million times and won't do again. Uh, Sponge, you said Luke, didn't you? He's involved. Uh, yeah. One of Jared's mates, um, Jared Heisman's mate. So there's a, quite a few first time owners in that as well. So it's um, yeah, we're having a lot of fun with her, and uh, it sort of uh, justified my claim that I reckon if she went straight in the Magic Millions, we could have gone past them. It's just the fact that <laughs> she needs that rail, doesn't she? How badly, even when she got to the outside of Ginger Knight, as soon as she got past Ginger Knight again, just wanted to get straight back to that fence. So, um, But almost had, the, almost had the perfect rider as well. Like Lucy just yep. rolled with her. Yep. You didn't try to fight her, whatever, just rolled with her, let, let Yemen do her thing. And uh, what about you and the, the crew? Did you feel your... Fill your pockets, line your pockets well, with the uh, big double figures. Luke said to have a bet. Luke told us to have a bet, but, I mean, Luke always likes to have a bet. Tell us to have a bet. But yep. um, when the rail was playing hot, uh, I'd marked a single figure. So I said to the lads, look, I, I'm not going to go over the top, but definitely have a, a win-heavy bet. As I said, it wouldn't surprise me if we win this race. wouldn't surprise me if we won la- run last. It's exactly what I said to the new hat owners. Unfortunately, I wish I wish I backed that one each way, BJ. When we got out to nearly twenty mm. to one, but um, no, we're very happy, very uh, up and about bunch of a uh, bunch of lads. One of the lads has got a big crush on Lucy Warwick, so he's got an even big, even bigger crush now that uh, <laughs> she's ridden him uh, a couple of winners. She's ridden Yemen to both, um, to both. Yeah, she has uh, too. Yeah, yeah, to both its winners. Yeah. So I think left hand whip rider for a horse that lays in works well too. Yeah. So we anyway. had new had running second yesterday. Yemen winning on uh, on Sunday at Pinjara, and then of course talk about what about thinking game. Hundreds into Think hundreds into thirties. Should have probably should have won. Sunday. Yeah, but anyway, we'll talk about grudge matches. Have I got Bob? We'll covered? get to this. Sorry, I'm just. We'll get just to a this. Bit <laughs> we'll get to this. D D Crips, Hollingworth, and uh, what up walks you- versus. Uh, Terry Layton. So it's some sort versus material witness on Saturday. It's already started. Grudge match. It's already started. So it's uh, 10.30 this morning. So it's team Layton versus Walk slash Crips slash Hollingworth Saturday, eh? And then and this is from Andrew Walker. And then he goes, see how I put my name first in the team also? Power move. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And what did he, what's he said? Nothing will beat some sort. There you go. So, there you go. You've heard it here first, listeners. So walks is, that's walks. That's walks saying that, not me, by the way. Right, right. So we'll get to that in the in the thousand guineas preview very soon. But uh, yeah. So while we're talking about racehorse ownership, of course, Terry uh, and I have uh, have got involved in Newhad, and we've got some listeners involved in the podcast. Terry has got friends and 
syndicate members and uh, first-time racehorse owners involved in Yemen Lass and uh, having lots of fun along the way. Ups and downs, but lots of fun. Uh, thoroughbred racehorse ownership in Western Australia. We opted in to have a crack at the Own the Dream competition. Terry finished up on Friday and it's it's official. The, the one one podcast, uh, BJ and Terry, we are non-winners when it comes to these sorts of things. So unfortunately, our name wasn't drawn out of the barrel for first prize of the uh, of the Own the Dream. Uh, the winners were a team by the name of Golden Sixty, headed by uh, Greg Brown, sure? his partner Kelly, and their family. Are you sure, Sorry? they won. I thought it was Frizzin Friends that won. <laughs> Maybe uh, maybe Justin was a uh, a silent member silent play, of the uh, Golden Sixty. Golden Sixty. Our nemesis. <laughs> but Golden Sixty, they were they were drawn out first, and they got the uh, ten thousand dollars towards a Westby Platinum yearling to spend at the uh, just finished yearling sales, as well as their first two years training fees paid for. So it's quite a prize, and um, and congratulations to the winners, Golden Sixty. Uh, what were your what were your thoughts on the event as a whole, Terry, and the, and the concept, the Own the Dream WA? Oh, it's, it's beyond incredible, BJ. I, uh, as I said, I went into it with a little bit of trepidation. I obviously missed a few of the events as well. I was only at three of them, but I went into it with a little bit of uh, trepidation. You just think, what's this all about? But uh, it's, it's, you know, the old, the old saying, it's got to be too good to be true. Uh, well, mm-hmm. it's not. Um, yeah, it's quite incredible. I've already discussed it with a few people next year about, you know, potentially doing a little a little team. And I was thinking about getting even sort of my mum, sister, partner involved and you, you get a group of them and you sort of, then you've got a social outing every couple of weeks and it's all chucked on for you. They can uh, learn about what you do and um, yeah, just cracking. Just could not recommend it high enough. I was speaking to uh, Brennan, they're going to, it's capped at I think 200 people or however many teams that is again next year. So I'd, I'd get in as soon as uh, as soon as noms open. I'd be an acceptor early because I reckon it'll sell out pretty quickly. I can't imagine too many teams that don't do it again, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a, ter- it's a terrific concept and a lot of fun, really, especially during, uh, during what's been the, a tremendous, um, summer in Perth weather wise. So, you know, we got to go out on the raft, uh, out on the Swan River, a day at Yarraval Stud, uh, Yarradal Stud, um, coached to the Pinjarra races for a race day there, uh, Ascot track work where we got to, uh, lots of people got to meet and talk to Simon Miller and Paddy Carberry and watch horses do track work and ask questions and clock them. And then, of course, we had the finale out at the Magic Millions Complex on, on Friday, last Friday night where they paraded a lot of yearlings and Britt Taylor and <clears throat> Grant Burns from Magic Millions. And uh, it was just a, just a really good good setup. And um, there was lots of other prizes on the day as well, which really encouraged people to, to be active in, in the competition. And um, so you could actually win win without winning. And then even the, the second place... Um, the team that finished second, I forget their team name was Walker. Walker to the Stables, I think it was, and um, they were just a bunch of young. I, I, I don't think three or four of them would be twenty-five yet, and they were very excited but anxious and nervous about walking around with their seven and a half thousand dollar novelty <laughs> check, just wanting to know what they do next. You know what I mean? So. I saw Lockie Taylor uh, swooped on them pretty quickly, and uh, hopefully uh, they. Uh, I see that Jim Taylor, Brittany, and, and Lockie they got three yearlings at the sale, so maybe uh, Walker to the stables, the second place getter, can get involved in one of the Jimmy Taylor yearlings. But um, but yeah, just I can't really thank um, Brennan fans and 
Britt Taylor, Brad Shepard, enough, and all the Rawa crew, uh, the host of all the events, Alana McLean, like just such a such a pleasure to be involved. Uh, got to spend some time with my dad and my friends and introduce some new people to racing. That's what it's all about, and you get to experience that a lot, Terry, with your friendship group as well, um, and the the way that you get people involved in racehorse ownership. And this is this is the future of our game. This is what we want to be a part of. So we've got to be inclusive and um, people, you know that. Uh, are a bit hesitant in getting involved in racing, peel back the curtains, let them look behind the scenes and uh, and uh, hopefully they catch the bug, bug like we have. But thanks again to Brennan and all the team at Rawa. Tremendous stuff. And now we just have to work out what we do with our $1,500 voucher, our participation award, Terry. Yeah, are we going to get involved with the lads? I think so, yeah. I think we're um, I think we're going get to a, get a West Speed Platinum yearling. Hopefully in the next week or so we can tidy all that up and yes hopefully we can get that one uh that one one own the dream syndicate number one off uh off the ground and we can uh, have a bit of fun uh spending our fifteen hundred dollar voucher did you get a few participation awards or coaches awards in your day terry yeah plenty of coaches (laughs) awards plenty of uh i remember one day this is actually a true story i'll get through this nice and quickly but it was like an inter-school game of footy and um and there was a really good player on the opposition side. So my role was, and he was the halfback flank, my role was to go to half forward and lead away from the ball, like just get as far away from the pill as I possibly could the entire game. And I did really well. It took him 10, 15 minutes to realise that's what I was doing. Um, so he had no impact on the game for a good chunk of the game. And um, we won by a few points. So the coach gave me best on. I don't reckon I touched the pill. <laughs> And the lads all got around me. I was like, oh, "Look at me go!" So, got around. I was a tiny. I was tiny when I was young. I didn't grow till um, God hated me. I didn't grow till I was out of bloody high school, basically. So, um, yeah. So that was that was my role. And I didn't have much of a. I, and I had absolutely no heart whatsoever. If the ball was at the bottom of a pack, I was going in reverse. So, um, yeah, no. Not much of a not much of a footy player, unfortunately. So, so yeah, once again, that's a wrap on Own the Dream WA for 2022. If you are interested, jump on the website. The competition will be available later later on this year. But um, get organised early, get a team together. So much fun. Looking forward to getting involved again next year's competition. Now, speaking of the Magic Moon sale, yearling sale. Terry, did you uh, did you get out there at all? Has uh, the phone been ringing? Have people been trying to get you involved into any yearlings? Definitely been trying to get me involved, and I'm very happy just to say no. I'll get involved with you lads. Mm-hmm. And um, Eddie's what does Eddie promise me? He's promised me a Melbourne Cup winner, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In our little group <laughs> chat, I love I love the group chat. Eddie has Eddie owned horses, and he wouldn't have no, no, no. Eddie Murphy. No, I, I love I love yeah Eddie Murphy. I love I love our little group chat with the uh, I love the hope in group chats early, <laughs> what you could win or what you could do, and yeah, I just uh, I think it's great. So um, hey, this is no, this my, is my, this... my ownership. I'm not going to buy another horse for 24 months, BJ. Oh, very good. This is a quote from Eddie Murphy. We need a horse with the heart of Farlap, the endurance of Maccabi Diva, and the speed of Wink. So not a- <laughs> yeah, easy, <laughs> easy not done. A that reminds yeah, me of done. the reminds me of the Bernard Tomic quote, wasn't it? Like he's got he already had the mind of Pete Sampras and the heart of Leighton Hewitt when he was fourteen. Mm. You reckon? <laughs> yeah. And not, not many would argue with that. I wouldn't have thought either. So. Yeah, we know how that turned yeah. out. But uh, no, it was. Um, Got, I got to. Watch, I didn't get out there myself, but got to watch a bit on the live stream, which was cool. Obviously, with my role with um, Steve Wolf Racing Stables, had to keep in touch with Steve with his purchases, make sure they all went up on the website and are available for inspection for our uh, for the client base there. So it's been a hectic couple of days, um, mm, but I did I, I did see 
our man Tommy Johnston. He was mm. front and centre, bid spotting for Magic Means there on the uh, on the live broadcast. There was also Riley Morgan, Riley Caparara, a few of the lads. Um, but Tommy Johnston, not only was he juggling finding winners and bid spotting, but he also happened to snare one for uh, TMJ Bloodstock. That's his Bloodstock business. He purchased, purchased a press statement colt to race with Michael Lane. Lot 85, punters. Good on him. I love that. He's also helped me out. A few of my mates are uh, Troy and a few of his uh, work colleagues looking to get involved. So a few different people have asked me like what I reckon about certain lots. So I've just passed those messages straight on to Tom because I wouldn't have a clue, obviously. Yeah. Um, and he, he's helped all them out. So thank you to Tommy for that. Um, but yeah, no, very excited. I love I love Tommy's work in the industry and what he's doing. I love all the lads' work in the industry, to be honest with you. it's um Yeah, it's cracking stuff. It is good stuff. So while Halatorian... Couldn't produce for uh, Tommy and Terry and the lads last Saturday. Well, it was good. Yeah, 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 it was good. Back to the fans. I reckon that rail was cold as well. Yeah. We were the best run of the day, I reckon, BJ. <laughs> that's, that's a stretch, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it for now. But Tommy did, I uh, hope the listeners were paying attention because he was quite keen on true attraction in the detonator and uh, he was bang on. No, nah, he wasn't bang on. No, he wasn't. He, he got the result, but he was he lucky. He got the result. He got um, the result. Yeah, no, he was lucky. I think Platoon should have won that race most days of the week. Um, poor Steve. I felt so – I hate whenever I'm on a horse and Paul Harvey's on your outside and Steve sort of mentioned it in his post-race interview as well. He just said Harvey wasn't going to let him out. Harvey does not let anybody out. I hate it. when I, I thought, oh, because they're two partner runners, maybe Harvey will be a bit softer, you know, yeah. he might yeah. leave a gap. But, um, yeah, no, nah, Steve was just a complete victim of circumstances there and um, – Geez, the money came as well. She was, yeah. I think he was seven, seven into three and a half. And um, yeah, tough old watch. It was good. Do you know what it was good to see though? Hang on, hang really on. Before, see- before you start, I know exactly what you're going to say. What am I going to uh, say? Pe- people have been taking bets about over and under how many minutes into the podcast before we started talking about Bow Count. It's just good to see Bow Count. <laughs> I thought. I just. I just thought Bocamp was a really good addition to the race, didn't cause any heat up front unnecessarily. You know, it got in really well at the weights with its rating. So just um, had, and just yeah, had no was, just had no impact and it was good, wasn't it? Yeah, no, perfect. No, really happy. Didn't change the outcome of the race whatsoever. So um it's it's actually the horse that stopped on platoon as it yeah. went through the field. It was yeah. uh tremendous stuff. So at least Carey Martin, who had winging in, where I gave that a bit of a, yeah. a shot a couple yeah. of weeks ago. At least they just dropped that out to last and went around and picked up their, yeah. their check for running seventh. So last I'm on the okay fence. That, last on the fence, stay out of trouble. Yeah. Yep, exactly right. So um yeah, come on, Brad. We don't need that. Yeah, we don't Brad need Graham, <laughs> we don't. I'll pick on Brad I'll pick on Brad McManus in a minute. Wait till we get to a race yeah, on the three. You're uh you're you're not getting missed, Brad McManus. But um, yeah, but yeah. So, yeah, Stevie. He summed it up in the the post race. He could have easily have been gave, uh, given Julio or whoever was on the mic. And apologies if I uh, got that wrong. Whether it was Julio or Michael Heaton or whomever it was, it was Julio. Yeah, he could have easily just given him a one word answer because that that was uh, that was a big race for, and you know uh, one of Stevie's favourite horses and just um, zigged when he should have zagged and all more. Yeah, whether whether he had know. much, I don't whether think, he had much I don't choice. Know. I watched in the, the replay again. I don't think I don't think Steve could have done much else. To be yeah. honest with you, I don't know. And you know me, I'm always happy to blame. I'm happy to say it's not my fault. But, but geez, yeah, a lot, I, of, I, don't a lot think, of, I, don't, I just think it's unlucky. I think Platoon almost wanted. I think he almost wanted to draw fifteen. Maybe yes. in the end, so he could just stay yeah. out of trouble three wide. You know, it's just how it's just how the race eventuated. So it was a sim- very similar story on Sluice Box who we were on earlier in the day. The money came, and um, yeah, Chris just couldn't yeah. get the run either. So that's right. 
So but, without reason, tell you what, without reason was nearly a special, wasn't it? Baby? Yeah, yeah. And fry away and maracino. What a what a day! It felt like I, geez, you know what? Hunted well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just on that Stevie Palmer thing, I just want to say that a lot of other jockeys may have been so you know upset with the result that they wouldn't have given Julio the the time that Stevie did. But he he sort of humbly accepted what had happened, explained to the uh, the the viewers how the race unfolded and, and he, the situation that he found him in. It was it was good uh, good content and good from Stevie and um, it was good to see that he was able to stop and compose himself and, and provide uh, the race the, the racing public with some insightful explanations about what happened with Platoon in the detonator. But yes, it was it was one of those days, it was a bit of an almost day all round for uh, for a lot of us last Saturday, Terry. But um, just before we, we keep moving forward onto the preview, we have to touch on Sunday and uh, the result, clairvoyance. So clairvoyance has run... 115.10 for the 1,300 metres at Pinjarra to win the Pinjarra Classic on Sunday, eclipsing Corporate Gun's 22-year-old record by 0.37 seconds. I remember Corporate Gun. Corporate Gun was trained by Paul just, Roberts. Just for everyone, that, that, that's about two and a half lengths as well. So yeah. that's, that's, that's beating it by a fair margin. A record yeah. that stood for how long? 20 years. 22 years, yeah. No, uh, that's unreal. Year 2000, Corporate Gun. Troy Morrissey and... Paul Roberts combined for that uh, for that performance. He was a very very fast horse, corporate gun, and um, clairvoyance straight to the front from the wide draw. I've seen the splits perfectly ridden by Chris Parnham. Didn't go too fast, but had them but going fast enough, and then was good enough to give a kick and bolted in. I. Uh I did my absolute ass. I openly took on clairvoyance, but I openly took her on first and second up at the short prices. So I don't feel too bad. I feel like overall um, my personal battle with clairvoyance was probably accurate. I did my ass that race. I had a good go. Triple missile. Um, luckily, it shortened too much, so I couldn't get the enemy bet on. And uh, outrageous. I've never been. I've never felt that happiness doing my ass. I actually enjoyed watching it. Mm. And I messaged Trav after the race, and I... I told him I'd give you absolutely none. I did A, I didn't think they'd cross Laurentinio. B, I, I had a query at the 1300. C, I didn't know if she was even up to this level anymore, whether that last win at Pinjarra was just a bit of a gift on a soft rail. But, oh, that was, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You're not often happy after absolutely doing your ass, but I actually felt I actually felt excited about what's to come with, with clairvoyance. So, yeah, um, it was, it was yeah. stunning, wasn't it? So I messaged Trav Murray as well, the OG mastermind himself, uh, congratulations! Great to see the um, um, some of the friends of the podcast finding a absolute superstar in clairvoyance, and great to see after everything she's been through that Darren McAuliffe and his staff were able to uh, patch her back up and to run one fifteen new track record. It's almost almost uh, PB there for her on on Sunday. So if she can stay happy and healthy, then look out; she could be. Uh, she could be heading to the east coast and do some damage over there, especially the way that she races. So, very it's fast, a railway, very isn't strong. it? I reckon now, yeah, a railway. She's actually going to be now that she can. If we realise she has to muster and get to the top, like, dearie me, that's that's got to be her go. I mm. reckon, like, get up to get up to a journey where, um, yeah, she can control for that long period of time because she wasn't stopping at the end of the thirteen. Gee whiz. No, she's very strong through the line. I thought the Spruker was excellent. They went back from the wide draw. Spruker was on, good. Yeah. Eelways was good. Yeah. Uh, coming around, found a bit of trouble was good. Outrage just got gassed. Yeah. Um, triple missile, for me, that wasn't a pass mark for the for the amount of money that came. It was just a 
just a run. For what we think of Triple Missile, yeah, maybe needs to go back to the thousand. I don't know, maybe it hasn't come up as well this prep. Quick backup, um, man, might have just taken the edge off. Yeah, well. yeah. yeah, I thought Triple Missile, definitely for the money that came, was a little disappointing. Well, I don't have to trap Murray, though, because he also took the $6.50, and I said to him, oh, surely she starts longer, I'm not sure. And um, I think she started sub four bucks, so yeah. Trav has demolished that. In every sense. Very hopefully good. he had something, think, hopefully he, had something on Yemen used, in the last two. I think he used all that uh, uh, wagering collect and the and the prize money to uh, to get involved at the yearling sales. So he mm. uh, I think he might have might have snared one for himself, did T Murray and friends. Oh. So that's a, that's it for the recap. Um, let's take a break and we'll be back with our preview for Ascot one thousand guineas day. Okay, punters, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Ascot 1000 Guineas Day. BJ Ryan and Terry Layton, we are teaming up to record episode 116 of The 1-1. This is your West Australian Racing Podcast. It's just after 1pm on Thursday, the 24th of February. Pinjarra, Scarpside in action today. The first is just about to bounce. It's about 20 minutes away from race one. Uh, Jelton tomorrow, Ascot Saturday, and all eyes turn to the Great Southern for Mount Barker Cup Day this Sunday. Any morals at Geraldton and uh, Mount Barker coming up, Terry? Mate, don't like Geraldton at all. I uh, haven't had a pre-post bet, I don't think, which is very unlike me. I've only just seen the odds. They've been up for a few hours, so already been nibbled away at. But um, I do, I'm do. i doing Mount Barker the Savo once we finish here. And, uh, yeah, I think there might be one at Mount Barker, but I've got to... Got to keep the cards close to the chest, BJ. Fair enough, fair enough. So, uh, so yeah, there's uh, plenty of racing, WA racing, to get stuck into over mm. the next four days. Okay, and remember to stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the market, city meets, get out, stakes competition, and we'll be having a week off, BJ. A week off. It's our first week off the Mastermind, the Mundaring Hotel Mastermind competition in anticipation of next week's Jockeys versus Trainers uh, edition. We need four jockeys. We need four trainers. Get your nominations in um, if you want to be involved or you want to nominate someone to be yeah, involved. Yeah. Um, and we'll organise a little head-to-head competition, which will last seven weeks, BJ. The winner. The winner will get $500 voucher, runner-up $200 voucher. We better confirm that. I've just uh, <laughs> I've just yelled that out, but that's the equivalent of seven weeks, uh, something like that. Anyway, yeah, we're just having a week off to get ourselves organised between uh, own the dream, magic millions, Russia invading Ukraine, COVID. Mm. We uh, <laughs> we've got uh, Butchie running out of vouchers. We're uh, we're having mm. a week off the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind, but. Can't wait to get stuck into that trainers versus jockeys tournament. Got to put a um, got to put a post up on Twitter later today cool. to tag trainers and jockeys in, and we can uh, we can get that tournament off the ground. Kick off on next Thursday's edition of the One One Betfair Edge. Terry, what's happening? It's happening tomorrow. Not it's sure on. who's on. Not it's sure on. what time. Not sure what station. Not sure anything. <laughs> Miles will be there. I'll be there. We'll uh, yeah. we'll try and find some winners. Just do us a favour and download the app, eh? Just do that. Download the app. Yeah, yeah. download the app. Cracking app. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> download app. the app. Get Cracking some more. Uh, get some more guru and uh, on uh, the, bet, need, the bet fair edge. All right, mm-hmm. let's get rolling uh, for Ascot One Thousand Guineas Day. That's uh, it's Saturday, February twenty sixth. Rails back mm. in the true position. We've got a maximum of 34 Is degrees. It? Is, Is it true? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, it depends where you look. It tells you a few different things, BJ. Oh, okay. Am Chris's I... one meter. Right. 
Chris is one meter, and uh, that's is um, true on the race book. So, look, um, yeah, I might just quote exactly what I wrote at the start of my preview here, BJ, when discussing the um, the rail position at the moment. So, I've written the rail being at the one meter pad doesn't pass the smell test for me. Mm. The last couple of times we've raced in the true position, the rail has been off. It's been horrible, um, absolutely ice cold. Clearly, it's no good. The last time we raced at the three meter pad, BJ, which was 18, 12, 21, the rail was a big query that day too. But most importantly, the last time we were meant to race at the three meter pad, because usually it obviously goes out in three meter increments per Saturday Metro meeting, it was skipped and we went straight from true to six. That's true. So on the recent data, it's a major watch on how that inside part of the uh, the track plays, BJ, because that's that's concerning. To me, that says that, that really might be um, struggle town. Yeah, and, and doing a bit of the lane data stuff that I do for Vince Accardi's daily sectionals, I noticed recently the jockeys have been making a concerted effort, especially from, mm. say, the 250 uh, to the winning post of drifting away from the from the rails. So um, it's on the Saturday meetings, I know that naturally sometimes when they get tired, they wobble out, but it just feels like a bit of a pattern that they're, def- that they're you know, avoiding the inside as much as they possibly can. So, yeah. <laughs> I we'll, agree. We'll wait and see what happens with uh with this with this track on saturday but i've just just messaged one of my contacts to find to find out whether it is actually in one or true but i imagine if it's one on twitter that that's definitely where it will be it says true on racing victoria uh, the in the racing australia website true in the race book as well one um, meter's on its own just being at the one meter pad that just screams like oh what's going on yeah. you know that just screams trouble like yeah, yeah you don't often say that so anyway monitor how it goes um we may need to yeah i think the key thing there is i like said leaders are okay because it's usually in the straights so they can get off the straight but if you're gonna settle one two three back the fence you could be brown bread so that's probably the, the worst spot to be when the rail is off is well it is clearly is rails in run behind horses Okay, very good. Alrighty, let's get going. Race one is the Bellis Racing Stables Plate. 1,200 metres for two-year-olds. This is a no-metro win. So I imagine with the feature, I think it's the Supremacy Stakes next Saturday, that they've made this a no-metro win race in order to uh, ensure, channel all the horses that have won a Saturday race to tackle the feature supremacy next week so basically this is a forty thousand dollar two odd maiden put it that way so mm-hmm. there's no winners in the race there's half the field of first starters but um the uh and one of them being the current favorite magna burma from uh the stephen miller yard unbeaten in two trials sean mcgrady takes the ride from gate three what have you made of the magna burma trials terry yeah good trials i'm <clears throat> i'm pretty keen not to get sucked into trials at the moment bj i think We've been sucked into quite a lot of good two-year-old trials and a lot of them aren't eventuating um, on the racetrack or aren't, aren't correlating to a good performance in the racetrack. So, look, I've got it on top, but I, it's not a race I have any interest in. Like this is, if this gets to $10, I don't bet. If it's it's $2.90 now, I, I just really don't know. I, I like Loopy's Babies through two trials, but yeah. with, deb, with debutants that go forward, BJ, I really like um, I really like 1,000 metres on debut. The 1,200s, it's a real test of stamina for a horse that's never raced before So over the sprint journey. So... Like I, I simply just have no idea, and I was hoping you were going to tip me the winner. Yeah, I mean, those trials have been really encouraging. The thing I liked about the Magna Burma trials is half missed the kick first up, 
sat, went between horses and still won the heat. And then mm-hmm. last start, Sean McGrady began well and sent it to the front. So it wasn't as if it was just jump and run on both occasions. Uh, it was able to show a little bit of versatility. So I imagine Sean will be uh, eager to, to lead. But in saying that, if something comes across with pace, he it won't be won't be a big issue for Magna Burma to take the sit, um, land third, fourth in running, and and still still be able to produce its best. I thought Rajuva King was excellent on debut, three wide with cover, ran on well. Santorio, the run was slightly inferior to Santorio, but that horse has then, since gone on and uh, ran an excellent second last Saturday. So the Rajuva King form reads well, but again, it's probably going to have to be in the three or four wide moving line peeling and having a crack from there from uh with chris panamon from gate 12 i thought that star power actually quite liked star power on debut in the initial play it might have even had something on actually it's run last but it's trials before that were good recent trials were good it were excellent including a second to magna burma where it appeared as though brad parnham had a bit in the tank one horse who i thought might be able to run a cheeky race at a price was Penny on the Queen. Good run on good run first up behind St. Toria and then was three wide no cover and was still still looked a genuine winning chance at the 150, but just peaked on its run uh, in the uh, St. Torio, same race as Rejuva King, in fact, two weeks ago. But just need it's, it's drawn 13, so uh, tough steer there for Lucy Warwick. But I just like the way that it it sort of Tramp wide, did plenty of work and still boxed on. So maybe Penny on the coin. I think it's a, it's a bit of a price at the moment. About eighteen dollars at the moment. I was quite. I thought that that debut was solid and the second up run was better than it, than it reads numerically. So that could be the blow up. For, but for me, I think it's either Magna Burma, Rejuva King, Star Power, Penny on the Queen. But the trials, the two trial wins and the inform Sean McGrady, Stephen Miller. I think Magna Burma definitely the horse to beat on debut. Yeah, it's funny I got Penny of the Queen in my numbers, uh, BJ. I had it drawn a gate and it been uh, half the price. I probably would have been pretty interested, but geez, very hard from uh, from 13. That first uh, debut, third behind Santorio, um, she sort of got, Lucy sort of got held up on the rail for a second. The yep. horse had to pick up and sprint, which is a yep. really nice attribute to have as, as a horse on debut to be able to do that. So, uh, look, if she can find a three-wide line and, and sort of find the winning run Santorio did that day, yeah, she can win, and yeah, if, if if I was having a bet without again, I haven't deep dived this like I should. She she does look a reasonable price at twenty dollars. Yeah, I mean, well, Magna Burma, what three dollars roughly? Mm. Star Power, do you really want to back Star Power? Five dollars, Loopy's Lady, five fifty. They're they're all winning chances, but for me, they're all just a touch touch unders from yep. what I've got. Yep. Um, Rejuva King's probably a touch unders considering this. So the, the value in the race at the moment, I had Penny, Penny on the Queen marked $11. So there's a bit oh. of 18s available at the moment. So Oof. that might be the go in uh, in race one. Maddie. Money Maley, get us off to a flyer. Yeah. Race number two, the Glenroy Schaff <laughs> handicap, BJ. Over the... Uh, over the one thousand meters, um, with with my nemesis, with my my Lex Luthor, pink carrots. What a, this horse! I tell you what, absolutely went, absolutely went dog in first up, and I think it was threes to a dollar eighty. Thought you beauty, here we go, and when like uh, still hasn't finished. It went absolutely horrid, and then um, second up, second up only. I think I, I didn't go guts in second up, but I had enough on to care, and um, 
Yeah, it was just so-so, second up, and then clearly wasn't on. And then, no, then I was on Agent Kensington, at, 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 uh, and Pink Carrots knocked it off at about 10, 10 11 to 1. And um, yeah, last start, Pink Carrots, I think that last start victory, even though it was an on-pace day, to sit outside Acromantula, who had the rail and had the run in front and to get past Acromantula with a big gap back to third, that's better form than this race. And she only goes up, he, sorry, only goes up the, um, the one kilo BJ. So, look... I think he's a hard horse to trust, and I, I'm not going to be taking this two dollars thirty, two dollars forty. We're looking at it at the minute, um, but he's yeah, he, he's the one to beat BJ. If he's a happy horse in the run, I think they just allow him to flop out. If if that means he leads, if that means he settles last, I just don't think you can rev him up and then try and control him because he fights uh, Paddy. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think the plan is just sort of let him come out at his own steam, and he sort of ends up where he does. Last start, that was the breeze. The prior start, well, it was third last. Um, I, was, I was surprised to see him so strong on the line after mm. facing the breeze last uh, last start because if, you know, the two times that we were on, first up, second up, he just never settled, <laughs> never settled at all. Uh, and then, then Simon A has obviously done some work with him behind the scenes and in combination with Paddy Carberry worked him out. And that win last start was what I guess we expected from this four-year-old mm. uh to get to step up to rating 66 company sit outside uh, ascot thousand meter specialist in acromantula uh run reasonable time uh was yeah it was that was the result it was okay well this is this is the horse that he's on his way to being the horse that we thought he was going to be pink carrots and um credit to the stable simon a miller for getting him right and uh getting him switched on to produce his best on race day but definitely the horse to beat but seriously We've we've missed the uh, the main the main uh, the main item on the agenda for race two the Glenroy Chaff handicap material Brandon. witness versus some oh. sort uh, Terry Layton versus Cripps Hollingworth and Walker um, what up what a uh, let's let's start with your horse material witness scratched <clears throat> scratched from last Saturday with a future nomination so you're heading towards this race the yep. 20 days between runs feels a bit more suitable for for this fellow get back running on what are your thoughts can you get over the top can you at least beat home some sort uh we'll definitely beat home some sort that's that's yeah. the only instruction actually i couldn't care less if we beat the others <laughs> as long as we beat home i don't really mind too much about beating crip and dane i just want to beat walker um <laughs> so as long as we beat some sort i'm happy um no but seriously i think um, I talk about horses that you just forgive runs down the chute, like once they fail down the chute. Material witness is probably the opposite. We now need to prove um, that we can run to a similar level uh, around a bend. So, look, from the awkward mm-hmm. gate, bit of speed in this. I-, I hope the plan is just to ride him cold. If a three-wide line eventuates, fair enough, but otherwise just you might almost just have to look for gaps, a bit like we did down the yep. chute, um, and hope yep. to accelerate through. Like the your three leading horses are some sort probably leads, Olga Louisa, Breeze, and I've got crammed and punched in three deep. Um, so do I, yeah. Just causing a, a nice little traffic jam on your front. Look, I'm some sort can win, but I'm always happy taking on a horse coming off a setback with pads going on. That's just me. So Yeah, so um, it was scratched from a race. When was that? Last week or couple two of weeks, weeks ago? ago. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, with a with a hoof abscess, but it was on the morning yep. of the race, so yeah, um, was it came out like late, so uh, yeah, coming off a setback, twenty eight days between runs for some sort. Yeah, so the thousand meters, the rail, everything ticks the boxes there for it to run a, a nice race, but it's just my standard procedure that we're <clears throat> pretty happy to take those on and mark horses accordingly in that sense. So if those three, as I suspect they will, I think Olga Louise at forty to one actually is over the odds. If if some sort comes out right, BJ. 
um, and Olga Louise is probably deducted down to 30. Each way, that is such a good bet for the horse that will lead with only potentially Cramden in the breeze. Um, yeah, you can forgive its last couple. I don't think it can run a race um, breezing. That's the issue. So if some sort does come out again, um, I'd be having something on uh, Olga Louisa. But um, if those three all sort of collapse and it turns into a race off speed, um, I think that's where Material Witness can, can play his part. So, um, yeah, Pink Carrot's clearly on top for me, BJ. But, um, yeah, I think my bloke will get to a, a backable price for me. I'm hoping we see 10 bucks late. Yeah, Pink Carrot's for me as well, but I am hoping for something with a three in front of it. I don't know whether I'll see I'm that. I'm not though. betting. I'm not yep. betting unless I see a three. That's yep. that's a blank. That's a clear rule. It went up 260. I think Brad went up 260 this morning. Yep. Um, yeah, it has to be a three. Otherwise, I'm not backing Pink Carrot's. I marked Miss Frost $8, went very disappointingly first up. She's better than that. Luke Fernie is – they're flying at the moment. He's coming off a winning double at Ascot last Saturday, the first two races on the card. We know what her best is like. Holly Watson goes on claiming three. Uh, no surprise to see Miss Frost bounce back to a bit of form after a first up failure, 33 days between runs. If she gets out to, I don't know, $14, $15, something like that, Miss Frost could be could be something that I might entertain as well. But Pink Carrots with a three in front of me will do, and we'll be keeping an eye on the material witness versus uh, some sort mm. as they cross the line. The main event. Also, the only other horse I want to mention for those doing an early quad, even if this is part of it, is uh, Our Boy Dylan is a super horse fresh. You look back at all of Our Boy Dylan's runs, um, all of his trials or his fresh runs when he doesn't trial, they are super. He's basically never beaten. Um, He maps to land in a great spot, and he's one that um, the market will probably completely forget. So I'm $8.70, Our Boy Dylan. So if it gets out to $15 plus, I'm willing to have something on, uh, on Dill. Very good. Race, hang on, race three. This is your one, isn't it, Terry? Race, race three? three. Ah, the the experience more. Quite clean. <laughs> <laughs> the handicap. Key clean. I don't know. Quite clean. Whatever. Key clean. Do you know what this race should be called? The grow up, Brad. This should be the grow up, Brad. <laughs> this should be the grow up. So, Brad. so put a put a big red line through the quay yep. clean and uh, rename this race the uh, the grow yep. up, Brad. In the grow up, yeah. This is definitely the grow up. So, um, why is it the grow up, Brad? What's happened? What's happened? What, what's yeah. what's what's he done? Well, I'm just going to have a quick look at the the current market um, for this race. I think most people are pretty keen on Secret Deploy. Best price I can see is two dollars thirty on three six five. It's then two dollars twenty five with a couple of others. But uh, yeah, nothing above two dollars thirty. Bj Sports Bet two hundred five. Yep, sports bets two hundred five. So I'm two dollars twenty, um, and I'm. I thought I was potentially even a touch along with my market. Mm-hmm. Bradley's gone up four dollars twenty. What do you reckon? Do you reckon he needs to grow up? Was that a typo? No, I don't think so. No, <laughs> wasn't it supposed to be two forty. No, he's gone up the four dollars twenty. <laughs> no, he's gone. He's gone up the. Uh, he's gone up the four dollars. If it went up with a three in front of it, I probably would have given him a grow up to go in front of a. With a four in front of it, yeah. Tell you what, he's been in. He's been in good nick yeah. lately too, Bradley. Yeah. yeah, we've had some pretty honest battles on the on the Thursday mornings. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I think with normal luck, I might uh, I might have him covered here. I, I really like Secret Deploy yeah. as a horse. It's a, it's a risky proposition as a bet if you're getting any shorter. I'm not backing. I'm not going to be able to finish my bet unless I get two dollars. 50, 60, 70 plus type thing. Just want to look at Brad's opening market just to see. Yeah, great charade. Not great charade. Um, Crystal Dane went up favourite. So he was the 340, just for the listeners, just for context, he went up 340 Crystal Dane and whatever, 420 Secret Deploy. Okay. Yeah. 
Guard the safe, seven dollars. Eight dollars Cobb Co. That's about right. I think I'm yeah. at eight dollars Cobb Co. It's just yeah, secret deployer. I cl- I always click and put it in market order, and I didn't yeah. see its name up the top. The first like the very first little thing I think is up oh, must be scratched. You know. It must, must, can't be in the race. Bradley hasn't cooked it that much that he hasn't got it on top. Anyway, <laughs> stop picking on Bradley, BJ. That's enough, BJ. Seriously, the thing that's with, The thing with Secret Deploy, Brad aside, is that the, the money was monstrous first up as well. I think the first flux. Uh, on, on a day you yeah. couldn't make ground. So was, I think the first flux was $4 into two ninety or something like that. and mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just it jumped out of the ground late. And it was a get on me next start run for sure. Certainly was. We're going to need some luck again. Um, he hasn't stepped all that well uh, at the trial or his most recent run, so I'm sure they'd like to land a few spots closer here because it's Crystal Dane and even Cobb and Co who will land up just behind him. They, they both go pretty good, so he doesn't want yeah. to be giving him too big a head start. But, um, yeah, secret deploys my my early tip for the, the WATC derby, BJ, mm-hmm. in, a, in a couple of months' time. And, um, yeah, I think he, with normal luck, and he's close enough to him, he gets the job done, he gets it done well. In saying that, for a back marker, I'm definitely not diving in at 210, 220. So um, I'll only be pulling the trigger again at something north of 250, and that'll be uh, dependent on um, how much ground they're making in the first couple, whether I allow myself to go down to 230 or I want $3 or something like that. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, secret deploy for me. Keep it nice and simple. Yeah, I was uh, like, I wasn't Brad type prices. I was sort of 260 ish secret deploy. I thought that was about the just from a map point of view, the the shortest I could have got it in my, in my market. It's just with Crystal Dane uh, flying, rolling. Um, we'll give it, we'll make sure that secret deploy will keep it honest, that's for sure. And also, I, I Cobb and Coase is a really, really nice horse, isn't he? Three wide, no cover, and a slowly run midweek the other day, just went under. He's going to get a nice. Good form Tra- reference too. Nice trail with Jason Whiting going back on gate four. Um, it's a bit of a bit of a gift for Cobb and Co. So they're the three, but Secret Deploy looks the winner. Looks a really progressive horse from the Adam Durant yard, and be interesting to see uh, how far he, whether he can get the twenty four hundred meters of the of the Derby. I know that Adam's got two. What's he got? Two or three in the feature to uh, the. The Lex Piper, and this isn't one of them. So interesting to see that Secret Deploy has gone through the graduation pathway on this occasion, and then no doubt he'll step up and have a crack at the at the Roberts next start, depending on how well he goes, of course. But yeah, it does look the race for Secret Deploy. We'll see what he's made of on Saturday, and um, yeah, uh, Brad could be could be uh, laughing all the way to the bank if he flashes late for and just misses to catch Crystal Dane. But my tip is that he'll catch Crystal Dane and be very impressive in victory. Yep, I'm with you. All right. Race four is, speaking of the Lex Piper stakes, here we go. It's a Lex Piper over a mile. It's a listed $125,000 three-year-old Colts and Gelding set weights and penalties. And, of course, tricks of the trade, the very short price favorite again, once again. Mm. Um, this fellow is looking for his seventh win from only eight starts. Troy Turner keeps them out. And, once again, tricks of the trade has... Uh, has uh, had some favours at the barrier draw. He's drawn two, so he should get the run of the race, stepping up to the mile after uh, after winning the challenge two weeks ago. Yeah, look, <laughs> I, I don't really have a strong opinion on this race, apart from the fact I, do, I think these punters that are back in tricks of the trade into um, winks like odds every start, they're going to get their fingers burnt eventually. I, I think tricks of the trade's good, but I don't think it's a $1.15, $1.20 good. I know it's been winning, so I, can't, I shouldn't be knocking it too much, but... Um, yeah, you, you want a certain level of performance for a horse to be going around at a dollar twenty type thing, BJ. So I think it's closer. What are we talking here? Dollar sixty. 
Yes. Yeah, dollar sixty around the board. Dollar fifty, dollar sixty depends where you look around the board. Uh, I still think that's a little bit under. I think this is an even money pop here. So probably go around. Um, we'll go around below my price again. I'm hoping a big wobble of money, and, and we see a, a little bit of a wild price. I'm willing to consider most of these, whether it be hear me seeing he's a lucky lad, Henchard, or um, no, just just those. Three. I'm not going to consider let's deal uh, from the gate okay. page. Um, so I'm willing to consider those three if there's some type of wild drift. But yeah, just more watching this race from a, a WATC Derby point of view, and maybe a futures bet type thing. Um, tricks of trades head of yep. the market. If there's any wobble or any type of failure, that market will be turned on its head, and there could be some value if you're quick enough to sort of dive in straight off the. Yeah, so Tricks of the Trade, when we spoke about it two weeks ago, it was umming and ahhing whether it should have been as short as it was. And I think it was $1.45 or something at the time, uh, maybe even longer. It only, it only got shorter. And uh, I said, oh, I, don't think it, I don't think it's a $1.45, pop. Anyway, it's, it's uh, got into $1.18. Official um, SP was $1.20, so couldn't couldn't have got that much wrong and uh, no. more incorrect. And then, and then he's sort of... Got, got into a bit of a pickle, Himmy Singh with Paul Harvey uh, sort of stacking and racking, pinched a break and Tricks of the Trade showed his class. I think it was the fastest last 400, fastest last 200 of the day to get the result by a long neck. So that was a, that was a good win. And just with the, the way that this race maps out and the run he's going to get in transit, you imagine the only way he's going he's gonna to get rolled would be uh, like a spike from one of the other runners or – Trouble, not, so. and that's not impossible. Yeah, and trouble's also not impossible from that inside gate if horses are around you and you're on that fence. Like we've just yep. spoke about, that fence could be a little bit of a a little bit of a wobble. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just I'm just wary. I just wish I was confident on saying to beat him so I could hop in each way with one. But I, as I said, I, I, I'm I'm not. So, okay, yeah. So it's good. for for mine. It's going to be a big test with the blinkers going on. Let's deal. Just thought he was a little bit. He was. The stable feels as though he, he wasn't suited by the tempo the other day. I don't think he's going to get any better tempo on Saturday. But the blinkers go on. It's going to be interesting to see what, what difference that makes to Let's Deal. But I think his D-Day is the 1800 in two weeks' time. We'll see what he's made of uh, the, the done deal, three-year-old Let's Deal, when he gets up over 1800 and, and further. But um, just going to be a big watch on him. We we thought he, he might have posed a bit of a threat. First up, uh, sorry, second up in the challenge to tricks of the trade. Blinkers go on up to the mile, but I think maybe the eighteen is going. Is we're going. We're going to find out what what he's made of in two weeks' time. But yeah, tricks of the trade, uh, very very nice horse and um, deserves to be favourite for the uh, for the Lex Piper uh, on Saturday. All right, so with no Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind this week, Terry. Just a reminder, listeners, that we'll be getting our jockeys versus trainers tournament up and running for next week's edition of the 1-1, but with no mastermind, we move straight into race five, the Tab Touch, Better Your Bet Handicap, graduation over the 1,800 metres. And TK Layton is once again in the ownership. Here we go. Bob Jr. This, Bob this Jr. Yum, one, saddle, saddlecloth number 10, Peppy Jack. What can you tell us? This is Peppy Jack, Jack Grant Williams, TK Layton. What can you tell us about setup, this isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Even for me, this is a bit of a different setup. First go, I think it's the horse's first go past a mile as well. So yeah, uh, we should have got we should have got the hawk on the show to give us a rundown. Uh, old Christian Hawkins. Um, we should have actually. Yeah, yeah we should have got the big the big hawk on the show. He's an, an entertaining man as well, BJ. I reckon there would have been a few more years tuning in if we got the hawk on. But um, if he sell yeah, out his if he sell out his trainer's license, he could have been one of the trainers in the mastermind quiz. He would have loved yeah, that. Yeah, he could have been. I don't know if I would have yeah. been as excited about buying in it if it was Kay Hawkins compared to G. <laughs> Williams. <laughs> 
No, no offense, Ka, Ka, Christian. I forgot his name. Um, yeah, look, I, I think it's a big watch up to the eighteen hundred. But tell you what, BJ, he's not going to find a better map, is he? No, this is this has got uh, Peppy Jack lead comfortably written all over it. Yeah. Uh, what have you got breezing by it? Just out of curiosity, I thought Overthought might roll forward and breeze. Yeah, I I am. It's it's Overthought. It's try for us. It's a lay a lay with more aggression. Yeah, uh, it's probably not blazing away. It's the obvious one. And I I this will sound funny after how good its last win was, but I'd go forward on blazing away, and because I think it's a really nice horse on speed. I think it can be ridden either way. Uh, Kerman Rock is a horse that they can kick up. Um. Yeah. Do they, street do fair, they want to lead street though? fairs so. jumping. No, I don't think so. Street fairs jumping really nicely, so might end up there by default if the rest don't go forward. Um. But yeah, do I you know you know the horse who, who could who could be a bit of a fly in the ointment horse, not from a lead, but maybe a mid mid race move point of view could be like the a pearl. Pearl. Yeah. 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 This this race to me had mess written all over it. It was a race where. The two market elects, like she's a sweet deal. You have to now admit, BJ, she's a sweet deal. Is going around under the odds continuously. Like it's, it's it hasn't. Pre- it's not. It's just not as good as la- last start run by Overthought. Compare that to the run of she's a sweet deal, and the run of she's a sweet deal is significantly poorer than Overthought. Um, in saying that, I've marked. I've actually marked she's a sweet deal favorite here, but I've marked it a five dollar eighty favorite on the fact that it's got Clint Johnson and Porter back on from the good gate. Uh, they'll have it probably close to the one one. Um, yeah, but I, I just I've said it from the start. This this horse isn't that good. It's just yeah, overrated by the market. Yeah, I just think I think there's I don't know if there's an issue there or something. But the way that she's lays ability in, just, ability. Yeah, I don't know if it's ability. That's the issue. I think it's just the way that it, the way that it lays in was is concerning. So I think um, got beaten two the other day, and, and Brad Palm just had a real trouble keeping her straight and off heels. But um, but yeah, like I. Stepping up to eighteen hundred, she's gonna. She won't have to do much work from four. CJP is gonna have a. She won't be last like she was the other day. She won't have to. Won't have to make a, such a sustained run. But um. But yeah, yeah. Um. Jury's definitely out on. She's a sweet deal. That's for sure. Yeah. This is this is her most winnable race of the campaign. Yeah. Um. Without doubt, it's just. Um, it's just, yeah, where she's at, what price you're willing to take uh, type thing. Try for us at 3.30. That's under the odds, BJ. It's a horse that um, struggles to well, struggles to win a huge amount of races. But from that gate, Chris goes right back or Chris goes forward and is the breeze horse. So there's no way I'm even contemplating $3.30. I think I'm about $6.50. Um, yeah, right. Alea is going, okay. yeah, that's too long, isn't it? Try for us, too short? Yeah, I was I was. 420, 440 mm. flicking between there. So I just um, more had all these really bunched. I didn't I didn't think there's much between all these I was runners. Si- I was six dollars. I was six dollars. She's a sweet deal. So Oh well, yeah, I'm five eighty, so there you go. We're yeah. basically in codes. And then I was like Kerman Kerman overthought Peppy nine fifty ish. So um, yeah, I'm I'm twenty dollars plus Peppy. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, just just yeah. What price, I, I know what price did Brad? What price did Brad go up? Happy. Six six fifty because he he sees the name and he, he just Respect. shows a bit of a, a bit of R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. Um, but I uh, I'm I'm going to do something which is going to it's going to I know it'll upset Deckham Shembri I reckon, but um, oh, I'm going to I'm going to tip. I'm going to take the late price. I'm not going to take the. I think it's about fifteen bucks at the minute. I'm going to wait. I think Street Fair is flying. Okay, yeah. and I yeah. yeah I haven't backed a, a Brett Pope winner. In 26 years, I think, roughly. Um, yeah, I, I, it's been a long time since Pope and I have, have combined, since I've gone to the confessional, VJ. <laughs> um, but Street Fair is absolutely low-flying. The win two starts ago. It was unlucky. Um, got the gap late uh, and won well. Beat Speedbird that day, who's clearly going pretty well. Um, the thing that 
Street Fair is doing at the moment, which he hasn't done in campaigns gone by, he's jumping and travelling really well. Like, he's yeah. travelling. Like Even last start, the reason he was back last, because Lucy drew 12-12. So, she went back to last. She found trouble, got out with 100 to go, hit the line, you know, hit the line really, really nicely. There was nothing wrong with the run. Well, I like the rise to Hit the line as well as Speedbird, who went around and had an uninterrupted run. They went to the line together. Exactly. Street Fair was a better run. So Ex- Exactly right. Yeah. So, look, from here, I'm expecting positivity from Loose. I'm hoping, I, in my mind, I've got the the ideal setup is, is Street Fair ends up in the breeze with Trifrost or something coming around and then yeah. taking the breeze and we end up with the 1-1. Um, but I, I don't know how it's going to work out. I, I just want some degree of positivity to land in the first five or six. Um, yeah, and put yourself into the race. I, I think it's far from a certainty. I'm seven fifty eight bucks type thing uh, from memory. I wasn't super short or anything, but um, yeah, I just think Street Field go around over the odds. And in a very open race, I'm happy to avoid the favourites and, and look for something each way. And that's me. Okay. All right. Yeah, I've got try for us on top. I just love the way that she. I mean, she beat losing ticket the other day, so no, yeah, obviously the class meant that she drew clear late. But that was that was um, that was a really good win at, at Albany, following up from she just got nailed late by Jadavi. Holy Enchantment third in that race. Uh, Jadavi's won since Holy Enchantment's won six, and prior to that ran third to Chevelle de Varga and Trade War. So all the forms there for try for us. Uh, for me, it looks the horse to beat. I, I'm yeah. I think that's really good insight about Street Fair. I watched that replay about five times, trying to make a strong case for for um, Street Fair on Saturday as well. But uh, for mine, I just thought Overthought is the one. I've been waiting for this mare. But I've found her a couple of times at a price. She was three wide, no cover, the entire in that all-man race midweek um, over a mile at Belmont. Recently, Jerry Noski can go forward with a reasonable run. Overthought's, I think she's just about cherry ripe to, to win one of these type of races. So for me, I thought try for us deserves to be favourite and is, the, is uh, heads my market, but Overthought might be the bet for me. Tell you what, I was an overthought. Last started about $16, $17 each way, and it was a uh, tragedy. Deep the trip kept coming. It was just so big, BJ. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, for me, is the worry is the map. I don't like, I don't think overthought wins from the breeze, but if Jerry can find a spot midfield cover peeling, yeah, definitely can win. So, um, yeah. Run this race 10 times, you get seven different results. Yeah, I agree. All right. Race six is the Schweppes Ascot 1000 Guineas listed. 125000 for the three-year-old fillies en route to the the time-honoured WA Oaks. Now, this is a set weights and penalties race, Terry. Not one of these fillies has earned a penalty. So all 12 are on the 54 minimum. So it's fair to say this isn't a vintage edition of the Ascot 1000 guineas. And with the... uh, Chrissy Parnham put up a tweet for the first time in about seven years. (laughs) It was his first ever... uh, Oh, he just said... um, can't remember the last time the number one saddle cloth uh, had 54 kegs. Yeah. 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 Quite incredible. So it is incredible. So, and I think when you look at the W Oaks nominations and and um, when they were released earlier this week and saw, I guess, how thin they appear right now, it's no surprise that the um, – that the the fill like there's no that there's no real uh, high quality fillies at the moment anyway engaged in the Ascot guineas a thousand guineas on Saturday. So as I said, all twelve are on the minimum fifty four kilos with with no penalties earned. In saying that, Saddlecloth number one Fine Romance is coming off two stakes race performances, second in the Breeders behind Tricks of the Trade, fourth in the Challenge behind Tricks of the Trade. I thought that that last up fourth in the Challenge was excellent and I think Fine Romance for me stands out. I think she's one of the better bets of the day on Saturday. 
Yeah, she does stand out, doesn't she, BJ? She's yeah. um yeah, just panels wise, like as as you said, there's the rest of them don't have those um those names or numbers in their uh, in their form guide. She's a so you think Philly. She should only be getting better. Uh, with ground, um, yeah. The only knock I found uh, with with fine romance was it's taking a little bit of time for Hayden and Bob to click. There's been a lot of short price favourites in the Cerise and White for um, that have gone under um, under the under Hayden uh, and Bob. So it's taking a little bit of time uh, for for those two to click. But um, yeah, that's at a stretch. Looking for an issue there. How reliable? How good do you you see Patrick Carberry's name on a on a Bob Peter's favourite in a feature. You just feel you feel the degree of safety, don't you? Oh, it warms the heart at the moment. It does, doesn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, he's just he's, uh, so, he's riding him an absolute treat. Oh, just watching that tape the other day from Fine Romance, the the three wide four wide line just impacted her ability to run a place in that Tricks of the Trade race the other day. Uh, it was fo- Patty was following Tricks of the Trade, and then there was three wide was Uni Queen, and then Elite Fighter made a run at them four wide. And that sort of meant that Paddy, instead of following Tricks of the Trade through, who was held up, he had to get off and go around. And in that, that, that's when the race really ramped up in that moment. And um, Fine Romance sort of wobbled around the bend, balanced up and ran the third fastest last 200 of the day. So up to 1,800 metres, uh, nice sort of draw where Paddy can land midfieldish, ish uh, kept out of trouble, I think. You know, working to the race three and four wide on the turn, I think Fine Romance might put a gap on these late. Missfield, obviously, improving from a good yard. Uh, made Henchard work for the win last start. Uh, stands out as a second elect for me, but I think Fine Romance um, has got Do you know who they named that horse up? Do you know who they named that horse after? Who? Missfield? Breadbags. Iron gloves, McChev. Missfield. Missfield. Missfield, right. That's right. that's a joke. That's a joke purely for uh, Crip and Dane, I think. But uh McChev. Yeah, McChev. Yeah, Iron gloves. So so what's uh, what's the what's the background there? So Breadbags was was he a wicked keeper at some know. stage, was he? No, they they still play, I think they're Sunday comp. I think Breadbags is actually quite the accomplished sportsman, to be honest. I think they just like to take the piss out of him a little bit. But uh, right, they, right. they call him Iron Gloves McChav. They wanted the race name to be Iron Gloves McChav, the Breadbags <laughs> McChav handicaps. So <laughs> Yeah, they reckon he doesn't mind a little bit of a Freddie fumble occasionally. But BJ, BJ, um, very keen. I'm with you with Fine Romance. This is my main betting race of the day. I'm having a, a double play. As long as we're getting high twos, Fine Romance. Yes, I was yes. I was about 240, I think. What were you? 250. 250, there you go. So as long as we're getting high twos, Fine Romance. I'm happy having half my race investment on um, mm-hmm. on fine romance but there's one that's just come up that far after over my odds I have to back each way and that's constant dreaming it's a horse yeah. I've been a big fan of what's the what's the relation BJ to um, Tina Kutu and Kiora Kutu Oh, Rela- relation that, that yeah, that's oh. not my my strength. But there, he's part of the Kiora Kutu, Tina Kutu family. Constant yeah, so dreaming. Aloha Miss, the mother of Constant Dreaming, is a half sister to Kia Ora Kutu. Yeah, the, Matt, who, we've, had, we've had a lot of success with that family and the yeah. under. So Kira or Kutu ran, uh, ran third in a Victoria Derby as a three-year-old. So yeah. very good horse. Went across, started equal favourite, I think. Joey has a party, went across to ride it. Joey um, has a party, yep. Yep. Uh, so first, uh, Constant Dreaming is one that uh, I think Lath and I actually, uh, we discussed it pre after its trial and we said, Jesus, going around at 20 to 1 with uh, CJP in the saddle, and um, it went to uh, went to Northern, and we locked in the twenty to one, jumped twenty to one as well. I think the best part of, and um, Clint uh, he found some trouble in the straight. BJ, one of, I reckon that was the toughest watch of the entirety of twenty twenty one for me. Um, 
Yeah, that was that was painful. It was it was a good thing beaten. Uh, one, it's maiden at its next start. Near race, they absolutely walked, so it doesn't look big, beating Lucy Manette by a half. But they walked, and for a horse like a Kiara Kuta, Tina Kuta, or a Constant Dreaming, it's it's not going to suit that style of runner to go slowly and then try and out sprint them. So good job to get it done. Started favourite in a class one. He tried to go forward from a wide gate, got caught in no man's land. The trip, it's pretty brave not to be beaten that far. Um, the reason BJ, I think we're seeing thirty to one here and not seeing eight or nine dollars, is the recent running Jelton. Now. Love me Geraldton form, as you know. Um, what they tried to do at Geraldton, and they were choiceless from the gate, is they tried to go between runners in the straight and tried to sort of build momentum up and stop and start between runners. That That's not this family's go. That's not no. how this family has traditionally um, shown their best. They're, they're wind-up horses coming down the outside, getting into races, uh, being allowed to stride, basically. So not too perturbed about that. It would have just been a little hit out um, with this race in mind, I'm sure. Um yeah, I've marked a second favourite. I'm $6.50. So at the time of recording, I think there's up to 34 available with some agencies. Um, I think she's yeah anywhere from 26 to 34 okay. across was, the board. I was and, uh, uh, I was 16 for constant. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. probably too short. I know that, but I it was very similar to last week. With, without reason, I was about seven bucks. It was 31s. Jump 15s. I, I'd be surprised if this one's jumping, not jumping half the price it currently is as well. So um, Clint's gone on reliable choice, Beach. I'm confused about that i mean reliable choice is 1200 yeah. up to 1800 and it couldn't lift its legs um in that class one like i i always expect improvement from from bob's horses as i get up in trip but there's a lot against reliable choice here and um yeah it can it can go around without my money but the way lucy's going at the moment all i see is i'm getting a jockey who's giving me a bigger price and she rides these middle distant horses really nicely so um yeah i'm not too perturbed about lucy um uh, being on instead of Clinton, yeah, thirty bucks each way. Off we go. Fine romance to win. Constant dreaming each way. This is the main play of the day. Very good. Yeah, you made a strong case there for constant around Lucy Warwick. She just you can tell that she's got a spring in her step at the moment, though, and the horses are are really loving loving her uh, when her confidence is up. So I can see exactly where you're coming from there. But yeah, for me, I think uh, stretching out 1800 meters, fine romance. Let's go uh, in the Ascot 1000 guineas. All right, race seven is the Amelia Park. Where are we? Amelia Park handicap. 1200 meters it was a 72 plus been scaled up it's now a 71 plus bit of speed engaged um interesting runner patristic having its first start for david harrison how good was Four, the trial? 489 days between runs coming off a excellent trial behind pans down and riverbow how good was the trial Excellent trial, but um, the horse that most people will no, will no doubt be attacking is number six, comes a time, blinkers go on, last start second behind Clairvoyance in the Duchemus at Pinjar, and we all know what uh, Clairvoyance, actually, prior to that, ran second to this will test you. So this will test you and Clairvoyance have both won listed races since defeating comes a time. So um, yeah. sort of makes a bit of sense, doesn't it, with uh, Michael Grantham looking, up, looking to uh, record his first win since taking over the training of comes a time. Yeah, it doesn't read too badly, does it? Uh, second mm. by length to clairvoyance. That's, uh, that ticks a few boxes. So, um, yeah. Uh, the best part about this race, I love betting in races that have pretty obvious maps. So I think you'll find Kenny yeah. Luck leads, Lipstick Flickers Breeze. Yeah. Mood Swings will try and kick up and hold the back of Kenny Luck and Comes a Time will try and kick up and hold the back of Lipstick Flickers. Um, I really like Mood Swings. I think Mood Swings is going super, but I don't think Mood Swings is as strong at 1,200. So it just comes a time for me, BJ. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, I'm $2.55. My only concern with Comes a Time is it's three from 21 and one from yeah, 10 at the 1,200. So yeah. 
Yeah, just that. Exactly right. The clap. It yeah. needs the clap. So um, it needs the clap. <laughs> it needs the clap. So, but it, in saying that, I do think since it's gone to Michael Grant, that it's improved uh, a length or two, and that should be enough to probably not just win this, but win three or four more races. I think in the it's, in the coming. It's just it's been one of those horses who's run into a lot of strong races. Comes a time. Yeah. So all yep. the form around it is excellent. It's run into a lot of smart horses. So, but this is its race on Saturday. I've got it marked two fifty, two seventy, two eighty around at the moment. If uh, this is its race. Um, yeah, even luck, for, even luck from a low draw, I think comes a time wins this, and uh, and uh, just needs that to uh, just needs that knockout punch, and uh, gets an opportunity to display that on Saturday. Yep, I'm with you. Um, I'm about two fifty as well. I'd love three dollars plus for a bet, but I'll probably happily jump in at the two eighty if I need to. But um, we'll wait and see what's thrown up. Like, there's going to be a blowout. It will be the bottom horse, Queen of Soul. Just from that, um, if it can park on their backs and sprint, Simon yep. Miller is a gun at getting horses off. Sort of this. 40 to 80 day range to sprint without the trial. Um, yeah, we saw it with Platinum Bullet recently. We saw it. Uh, pa- speaking, pans down. How's mm. a $7, $7 pans down late? Yeah. You, you, would, you would have been involved in that, I reckon. Yeah, I didn't get that kind of price, but yeah. That was six, yeah. six, sixty, six eighty. Yeah. Bet last fair, last yeah. minute or so, yeah. The power yeah. of the exchange. I just sat back there. I'm not going to bet in this race and tune on with a minute to go. And you, that's an unnecessary trumpet, isn't it? But um, yeah. Yeah, could win, wouldn't it? Hands down. Yeah, you, you felt you felt pretty good when Zebel crossed Acromantula. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought the run of Acromantula was super as well to get off its back and still be able to pop in and hold second. I thought that was a well, well, and that that's, that, that that brings us back to mood swings as well. Like yep. when Acromantula got off the fence, that meant that um, Express Time um, got into a bit of strife, and that and. Mood swings, Jordan Turner. He was just never out of trouble from that that moment in the race. And Paddy Carberry was able to come around him on pans down, put him in a pocket. And Mood Swings was was jog trotting, couldn't get out, and um, it was a really. It wouldn't have beaten the winner, but should have finished a lot closer to pans down. But um, just those moments, those sliding doors moments in races where one thing happens and it impacts impacts another horse. I know Tommy Johnston tried. Uh, made a strong case for mood swings and uh, horse went really, really well. But it's interesting though, just those slight changes in a, in a formation of a race and then all of a sudden your horse looks from looks like it's landed in a world-perfect position to be in all sorts. So uh, good run mood swings, but I'm with you. I think he's more effective uh, at 1,000, especially when you're taking on a horse like comes a time. I think the 1,200 comes a time is the superior thoroughbred. Did you do, did you go back and have a look at mood swings' as, uh, 1,200-meter runs? Because I went back and – and I do think it was a little bit more susceptible. It obviously has one at 1,200. Um, I do think it's more susceptible at the 1,200. But sometimes as the horse matures, they can handle the trip. So sure. that's yeah. I, that's the only reason I'm not – like with the comes of time, $2.80, it, it's a bet, but I'm not yeah. going to go over the top because I do have proper respect for mood swings. And, and to be honest, mood if mood swings – I was 5.20. It's currently about 5.50. So I'm not going to save. I'm not going to back a 5.20 and a um, – a five fifty and a two dollar eighty pop, and then have Queen of Soul beat me. Um, that's a bit silly. Um, so I hello. Where were we, Terry? We just uh, <laughs> the joys of uh, modern technology. We just we just had a cutout on our Zoom feed, so we just uh, you were celebrating. Get back. The, you were celebrating the winner queenship too loudly. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's yeah. nice to it's nice that Clint um, gave us well, a little nibble, we, nibble we after something, yesterday. 
Yeah. Jeez, I took some of the three dollars twenty this morning, so I feel like a bit of a goose at the four dollars forty. That's why you should always shop on Betfair late, BJ. The better yeah, prices, Betfair I tell exchange. you what. Yeah, it took some. Yeah, don't uh, forget about the Betfair exchange. Betfair.com.au. So wrapping up race seven, the Amelia Park handicap in a bow. Comes a time, does look the winner, but uh Terry. Uh we were just talking about before we got cut out there, we were just talking about a punt price for mood swings. Uh, I think you said five fifty, did you? No, Final that's one? just my price. I will yep. save mood swings at eight plus. Like it's unlikely I'll get there. But if, if it does wobble to something wild and in saying that, if the fence is off, mood swings got barrier one and probably won't lead. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'll assess on the day, but I, I'm the blinkers are pretty much on for comes to time. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, we've ripped this is only how good is it? Eight race card at Ascot on Saturday. It's been a while since we had an eight racer with nines, mm. tens. And I, I haven't even 11. I haven't even really looked at race one, so it's a seven race card for me. Tell you what, tell you what, though, <laughs> yeah. Mount, it's all about Mount Barker Cup Day, though, isn't it? Oh, it's going to be big. Oh. Mount Barker Cup Day. What, what time? That... Do you, what time? Do you reckon the meeting's called off? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you reckon the sprinklers burst yet? <laughs> oh dear! Like, yeah, actually, in all fairness, we have to. Everyone keep a close eye on Twitter leading mm. up into uh, Mount Barker Cup Day because, as we know. Anything and everything can happen at, uh, at Mount Barker leading into a feature day. That is for sure and certain. But, Terry, what, uh, what's the time for? It's time for the goss. It's time for the, the Tim Gossage, actually. It's time for the, the get-out the stakes. It's time for Gostradamus. It's, it's time for the get-out stakes. S-T-E-A-K-S. Who are they proudly brought to us by, BJ? Okay, the extremely popular Get Out Steaks brought to us by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located out at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show. Swing pass, say good day. Timmy and his team will look after you. That is for sure and certain. Uh, spend some money out at Market City Meats as well because Timmy's just Tight launched asses. into Timmy's just launched into a couple of yearlings with, with Dan Morton, so he uh, needs to keep reinvesting. So the more we invest in uh, Market City Meats, the more that Timmy can reinvest in his thoroughbreds. But no, Timmy, champion bloke, um, lover of WA Racing, and um, yeah, if you can get out to Market City Meats and support our sponsors, that is uh, that is something that uh, we really look forward to. Now, we have to discuss a bit of controversy. Controversy, Terry? Mm. Okay. So let's just lay it out for the listeners. So last week's 100, episode 115, Get Out Stakes winner was Glenn Jones. Okay. So Glenn Jones and Tim Jardine were both the 0. Pig. 0. Yes, Slippery that's Pig. That's his name. No, yeah. the pig. That's actually his yeah. name. I've, one of my, you know, Connor, he's, uh, yeah. Yeah, he used to teach with him, I think, or something, the pig. He's quite, the a, pig. He's quite a pig, I believe, as well. Right, right. Yeah, okay, so... so they were both 0.21 lengths away from the all-in red official margin. Uh, however, under the Sam White rule, first in best dressed, Glenn was declared the get-out stakes winner. Now, Glenn got his entry in about two or three hours ahead of Tim. Uh, and so, Tim, yeah, obviously very, very unlucky to uh, to win, but not win in a way. So, but uh, Glenn Jones, he, uh, he secured the... The gourmet beef package from Market City Meats, but just just reminded everyone how important it is to be first in, and also the two decimal places is super important as well because um, we go off the Racing Australia two decimal place results, and of course Racing Australia had all in red zero point nine one lengths. Glenn Jones uh, was uh, and Tim Jardine were both the same margin away, but Glenn got in first, therefore he gets the stakes. Simple as that, clear as mud. 
But anyway, let's move on to this week's edition of the Get Out Staked. Now that we've sorted all that out, race eight at Ascot on Saturday. Uh, let us know who you think will win at the 1-1 pod on Twitter. Decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred, uh, suggested, strongly suggested, and we can never, ever forget the all-important Sam White rule, which uh, determined the result last Saturday. What's the Sam White rule again, Terry? Uh, first, pass the best in dressed. Exactly, exactly. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Race 8, the Crown Towers handicap, 72 plus over the 16 Hundred meters, the get out stakes. What were your thoughts on the uh, on the lucky last, Guru? Um, oh, many many thoughts. I'm I'm full of thoughts. Uh, I like. Uh, I'm trying to punt on race two at Pinjarra at the same time. You can tell I'm multitasking, yeah. can't you? The way I'm. That's talking. right. That's why I threw to you, so I could have a yeah. better. As well. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be backing. Um, the money started to come though. Unfortunately. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, we'll have a. Anyway, uh, race number eight. I really like. Uh, I don't really like. I like Bruce. I like Bruce here. I want to keep like things Bruce. pretty. Uh, I want to keep things pretty simple um, in the last race. There's a lot of horses who can run good races from off the speed, but Bruce gets a really nice map here. Um, you got Maginica in one, and you've got Big Butterboom in seven. They're probably the can the horses that could take Bruce on. But I think being outside Maginica, will be able to push and and take the front from Maginica. And then if yes. he's ag- aggressive enough, Chris Palm's aggressive enough, I think he, he can just t- tell Jade to stay on the breeze. And look, when Bruce is out in front, rolling along, getting in his own way, he's a very hard, hard horse to catch. Uh, I thought very his last run was super. Yeah. Yeah. I thought his last run was super when Chris had to, um, when they went back to 1400 and from the wide gate, he was forced to sort of go back and hit the line nicely, still ran top three. Uh, prior start, the bar shoe went on when he was brave alongside Chevelle de Varga and, and the start before that, he, he was given a soft lead like he, he may get here um, and he dominated him uh, that day. So back up to the mile. Uh, he's down a kilo from his last run and for me, this is an easier race. Uh, I'm just going to take luck out of the equation. If the pressure comes and you find yourself in the wrong spot, then it's obviously going to be difficult. But if I'm getting five dollars bruce uh i'm three dollars thirty roughly that's that's enough for me bj he, he, he's the one i'm happy to be on in the last i was four dollars and i thought that might have been a bit long actually so when the markets re- were released and they've sort of shaped i was like, oh, okay all right so yeah i could have easily had him 350 something like that um just just with the he's just a vastly superior horse when he finds the rail is bruce almighty and for him to perform as well as he did last start when he was completely unsuited, three wide with cover, um, was behind Resort Man was excellent. So uh, Bruce Almighty on top, I'm with you, straight to the front. Um, who can run him down? Will it be? I thought Weapon Sun's going really well for Lindsay Smith, but he's going. Where's he going to get from from twelve? Brad Parnham. He's going to be back and needing to make up a. Was was Weapon Sun a moral beaten last start? Uh, I think Resort Man won very well, but yeah. Weapon Oof. Sun was going to go very close. I can see how Weapon oh. Sun will be popular here. It's just, as you said, Barrier 12 is a real, uh, a real sticking point for, for Weapon Sun. You can make a case for a bunch of these. E always up to yeah, a mile. I, That's It's a massive watch with E always up to the, the biggest, mile. I think the biggest danger to Bruce Almighty is Dom to shoot for mine. Um, yeah, I'm, see, I'm 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 chucking the pen through him, just yep. until I just until I see more, and um, that's probably the wrong. I'll probably regret that pen. I'll look for some whiteout probably after the race, BJ. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Two two starts ago, third to Pro Consent, the Spruker went back to last from Gate Eleven in the Pinjarra Mile. His late splits were good. He's only beaten four lengths on the line. Uh, holds a 
more prominent running position from three. I think Dom Deschutes the the big danger to uh, Bruce Almighty for mine. But I'm I'm Bruce Keen Dom Deschutes. Interested to see what the what the market does with him. Before we leave this race, Terry um, Stafford's lad was scratched from the detonator stakes last Saturday because Dan Morton was uh, thought as though a uh, flight to Melbourne so Stafford's could um, embark on a Adelaide Cup campaign was was on the cards. However, that flight fell through. So going to go around on Saturday and maybe do the quick backup into the Bunbury Cup the following Saturday. That's why the Stafford's lad back to a ratings race 1600 is, is on the cards there on, on Saturday. So he's going to get hopefully get that run into him on Saturday and then maybe quick back up into the Bunbury Cup the following Saturday for Stafford's lad. Very good. Very good. Yep. All right, so let's take a break and we'll be back with our Betfair Best, our Maddies and our Lays for Ascot 1000 Guineas Day. Okay, we are back with our Betfair Best betting proposition of the day for Ascot 1000 Guineas Day. Made a mess of that. <laughs> Guru, who is your Betfair Best for Saturday? Well, who's you should be asking who's the kiss of death. Um, I reckon I'm about... I remember, I reckon about six weeks ago, I said to you, BJ, I reckon I've got about five or six bests up in a row. The moment, <laughs> the moment I said that, my next six have all got rolled. I picked my baby blue jean last week. I didn't even back it because it was below my price. Um, and yeah, I uh, that obviously didn't go too well. So I apologize to uh, Clint and Adam again. We'll go with secret deploy, mainly because uh, I've got a little bit of Brad's $4.20 and that's, uh, that's, probably, that's probably all I'll be able to get on because I don't think the price may recover to what I require, but um, yeah, we'll go with race three, number eight, secret deploy, even though I, I might not back it. My Betfair best is race six, number one, fine romance in the Ascot, 1,000 guineas. All right, madness, $21 plus or 20 to one in the old at the time of recording. What do you got, Terry? This is, this is, well, this should be my best of the day. Um, I really like Fine Romance. I'm with you there, BJ. I said I'm backing both of these horses, but uh, race yeah. six, number nine, Constant Dreaming. Um, I'm really excited each way. I love them when they're about 30 to one. And I've got them single figures. So each way, Constant Dreaming. I think I'll be having something on at that price mm -hmm. as well. My, my Maddie, we're going to get in early. We spoke about this horse in the preview. Number seven, Penny on the Queen has just drifted out into Maddie territory. Currently, 21 dollars can oh, run a race at a price. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. All right. Well, we've got there. You can go pick up the kids. Yes, yeah, I better go, actually. Yeah, go and go. Grab, the, uh, grab the young ones so they're not uh, sitting there waiting for daddy while he's punting. Too busy. Where's daddy? Why isn't daddy picking this up? Oh, he's having a – he's got to find one at the first. There's a straight race at Pinjarra. <laughs> tell you what I've got le left left in the car outside a few TABs growing up. I'll give you the tips, Jerry. Uh, he would have been riding a knee old cups. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, um, thanks, Dad. Nah, so, in, in all fairness, so did I actually. He'd finished. He'd finished uh, riding by that stage. I think. I think it was. Uh, used to bring out a can of Coke and a packet of chips, and just um, two Crack hours the later. He... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie, mate! I got taught how to fill in a quaddie uh, ticket before I learned how to ride. Before I learned how to ride a bike. Uh, the Love Street, the Love Street TAB at uh, in Cloverdale. I don't know if it's still there, but um, fond memories. Thanks, Dad. Now, yeah. uh, now your son's. Uh, <laughs> Now your son's, um, you know, making his children wait so he can uh, he can do it as well. But uh, yeah, oh, love you, mate. Anyway, looking forward to having uh, seeing you in person again next week, BJ. Uh, we had a Bella induced, uh, a dog induced um, remote version today so thank you for that uh we'll look for a guest for next week or if not an interview but remember uh trainers mastermind. jockeys mastermind we need four trainers four jockeys uh to take part in the trainers versus jockeys little mastermind 
challenge. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to next week. Looking forward to Mount Barker Cup. But until next week on the 1-1.